in questo episodio del podcast sto guiando in Gales su un Alfa Romeo. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on speed. I'm Gareth and I don't know how good your Italian is, but you probably worked out that what I said before the start of this programme was I'm driving to Wales in an Alfa Romeo, which is something that makes me very happy for the obvious reasons. A, I'm going to Wales. B, an Alfa Romeo. And I'm not certain if it should be in that order. Maybe I should be more excited about driving an Alfa Romeo. For the first time, I think, in my life. I don't know how I managed to get to 58 years old without ever having driven an Alfa. Yeah, I've driven Lancers. I've had mates who owned Alphas. Zog had an Alfa. My mate Chris had an Alfa GTV6, which I rode him. I don't think I've ever driven either of those two cars. Really scratching my brain here. So I thought I'd better do something about it. Let me explain. A good mate of mine died recently. Someone who's just a couple of years older than me. And he is the third of my cohort to have died recently. When you get to sort of, you know, close to your 60s, suddenly it's not just like your grandparents and your parents who are dying, it's your age group. So you get a sense of your mortality and, you know, there's a huge list of things you're supposed to do before you die. And on there is drive more Italian cars. So I'm making sure... I'm not saying I'm worried about dying. I'm not. Hopefully I've got at least another three months. (laughs) Three and a half, maybe. But my plan is to try and drive as many cars as I can at the moment that I've never driven before. There are many brands I have driven... But some brands, I haven't. So I'm driving an Alfa. So what does Alfa Romeo mean to you? Well, Italian, sporting, stylish, lightweight, performance, rorty. Is that even a real word? But you know what I mean? That's what Alfa Romeo's all about. So you'd expect me to be driving an Alfa Romeo sports car. And I am sort of because I'm driving an SUV and apparently the S in SUV stands for sport utility vehicle you know it's a big tall car it's the Stelvio but it's the Nero Edizione the Nero edition which I didn't realise until the car was delivered just a couple of hours ago is actually four-wheel drive. I thought it would be a rear-wheel drive car, but it is a four-wheel drive car. It's a 2.2-litre turbo diesel delivering about 190 brake horsepower and 450 torques, so plenty of that twisty stuff to tear up the roads. And, well, is it really a sports car, though? Can SUVs be sports cars? Yeah, they can. You ask anyone who's driven uh, Jaguar I-Pace. Is that a sports car? Yeah. The Jaguar E-Pace or the F-Pace, they could be sports cars. The Porsche Cayenne, sports car. The Porsche Macan, definitely a sports car. 
So it is possible to draw that Venn diagram. Yeah, there are Audis, aren't there? There are Audi Q... Q5, Q6? I've lost track of the Audis. Q5? That would be a sports car, wouldn't it? Well, some versions of it are. The Quattro. And I suppose this is like an Alpha Quattro in some respect. It's got semi-permanent, on-demand four-wheel drive in that it's a rear-wheel drive car that moves anything up to 50% of the torque to the front wheels should grip or performance demand that. I'm still coming to terms with the car. I've only driven, uh, what have I driven, about 30 miles in it so far from my home in North London up the M1 and here I am travelling at 50 miles per hour. That's okay, because like all good, well-equipped modern cars costing around £41,000, this car has adaptive cruise, so I've got my feet off the pedals, and it was really intuitive to set up the cruise, the adaptive cruise, to function. That's always a worry when you get in a car and you haven't had a chance to read the manual, you know, oh, am I going to be able to work out how to do all this, but yeah pretty intuitive the infotainment system's a bit odd I only say odd because it's unlike anything I've experienced before because I think this technology is probably shared with I don't know Chrysler's and Fiat's can't remember the last time I drove a Fiat drove a Chrysler a few years ago but I doubt that had the same kit that was in this car so it took a while just to adapt to that not too long I was able to pair my phone within seconds it's a nice big knurled knob sitting down in the transmission tunnel for me to manage the infotainment system the screen I've got it laid out in a slightly odd way at the moment I've got a smaller part of the screen on the right hand side with the navigation then a big part of the screen just doing the menu options and that seems a bit well, my dad used to say "ups about tit. <laughs> bum about face" is the nice way of saying it. You know, wrong way round. So I will investigate the settings for that and fiddle with that when I'm not actually driving or recording the program. See if I can improve that. My initial reaction to the car—it's quite a big car. Yeah, quite tall. It's taller than me, over six foot tall. It's grey absolutely grey I like that kind of cue car grey most alphas are red aren't they and they scream Italian which is lovely and beautiful but sometimes you want to be a bit subtle don't you and this car is yeah subtle grey I don't think anyone realises what a performance car this is and I'm yet to find out how much of a performance car it is but I will have plenty of opportunity to do that as I get to North Wales of course the transmission is interesting I've got paddles and I've got three modes and lovely Andy the chap who dropped off the car gave me the 30 second briefing on what's going on with the car so I could pull away and I'm not entirely certain he understood what the three modes were he said you've got three modes A N and D N is normal and A is automatic you've got D I don't think you really knew so I looked it up what they say is N is not normal it is natural naturale oh there's an F type pulling alongside me not an F type a uh, what do you call it F pace 
looks slightly bigger than this car. I think I'm probably about the size of an E-Pace. Could be wrong. Very similar sort of looking car in many ways, you know. Bulbous, sporting SUV. So, back to the transmission. N is naturale. A, I think it was advanced efficiency, I think it said it stood for. So, that's your eco mode. It limits torque, keeps the car in a higher gear all the time so it's you know trying to be maximum efficiency and then there's d which stands for dynamic that's your sporting mode which switches between being highly strong and being super relaxed perhaps i'm hoping it tends towards highly strong because alfa romeos should be highly strong shouldn't they they should be a little nervous they should be a little twitchy a little a little way you know what i mean like paul whitehouse used to say in the fast show it should be an exciting car. It should be full of brio, and I apologise for saying the word brio whilst reviewing an Alfa Romeo. I know it's a cliche, but you've got to say a car with a bit of brio. You buy an Alfa Romeo because you want something with a bit of spirit to it, don't you? Spirito? Is that even a word? A bit of brio. My initial reaction to the interior of the car, I have to say, little bit disappointing. Only because it's got this sort of horizontal fake wood strip along the dash. That is quite clearly fake wood. It's plastic and it's completely black. I'm sure there are versions of this car, the non-Nero edition, Edizione, forgive me, which that's probably coloured more like wood, a bit more brown and naturalistic looking but in the black nah it just looks like you know when you get a scale electric and they have some rough parts of the outside of the track and you can tell that it's trying to look like the real thing but it isn't the real thing that's what this horizontal black strip is so that that's the only letdown inside here the dash is nice real instruments not a tft two real instruments with a tft dash like seven inch as they say in old money in the middle which you can reconfigure but all the other instruments are real um quite sporting looking very pretty haven't seen any surprise and delight features yet nothing that springs up and surprises you when you turn it on but i'm sure i'll see something took me a little while to get the seating position exactly right not uncomfortable it's just that being an Italian car, I was expecting to be able to have long arms and short legs. That's classic sort of Lancia Alpha. But you sit a bit high in this. It's a bit tricky to do that. And so I've got quite long arms and quite short legs, really. And so that means I had to push the steering wheel close to the dash so I could get you know, close enough for the pedals. And unfortunately, I was so close to the dash that the two pointy hoods over the binnacles very Alfa Romeo if you think about that projected so far out from the dash that I was concerned I was going to wrap me knuckles as I held the steering wheel every time I turned the wheel left and right so I thought no I'm going to do something about that so I adjusted the steering wheel so it's a little bit further away from the dash and that's pushed my feet a little bit further away from the pedal so I'm not uncomfortable, but I do feel a little close, a bit 
upright at the moment. I'm sure I'll work that out as I get an opportunity to do that. But yeah, initial impressions are, didn't like the plastic on the dash on the inside. Everything else, yeah, Alfa Romeo. But if I'm being honest, Alphas have always had a slight whiff of disappointment about them, haven't they? That's actually part of the Alpha experience. And I don't mean that in a cruel way. Because when you buy an Alpha, you want something that's not a Fiat, but not a Maserati or a Ferrari either. It's, you know, something in between, one step up from a Fiat, a sporting Fiat that's not in a bath, it's an Alpha, it's got heritage. Oh, do you know why I chose this car, talking about heritage? You know I watch Formula One on TV live, which means I watch it on Sky. And who is sponsoring Sky's F1 output at the moment? Alfa Romeo. The Stelvio, not just Alfa Romeo, this car is sponsoring it. So, you know, I watch a lot of it. That means I've been hammered subliminally by this advert. You want to drive an Alfa Romeo. Do you remember when I was watching Game of Thrones? I had to drive a Volvo. (laughs) I am such a sucker for car advertising. And I'm very happy, you know, to see Alfa Romeo sponsoring Formula One. Because they are one of the originali, aren't they? Wasn't the first car that won the World Championship an Alfa Romeo, driven by Farina? I might be wrong on that. But Alfa Romeo and F1 have got a tremendous heritage. And of course, they're back in F1, rebadging Sauber as Alfa Romeo. Which is a bit of a push. But they do have Ferrari engines, so yeah... It's arguably a better fit in Formula One than Red Bull being sponsored by Aston Martin, but simply having Honda engines. Admittedly, you've got a Red Bull designer designing Aston Martin road cars, but what input have Aston Martin got into race cars? At the moment, not very much, but hopefully for the hypercar class at Le Mans in a few years quite a lot. I think Adrian Newey will have an awful lot to do with that car that races at Le Mans. But hey, I've gone off topic. I'm talking about the relationship between Aston Martin and Red Bull. And I should be talking about the relationship between Alfa Romeo and Sauber. Well, they have Kimi Raikkonen driving for them, so that makes them cool. And they have Antonio Giovinazzi driving for them, and he's Italian, so that's good Italian credentials if they're hammering the brand home Alfa Romeo is a great brand and as we discussed in the last episode of Gareth Jones on Speed it's now been absorbed into a megalith that takes in FCA and PSA and will Alfa Romeo survive? I'm hoping it does because it is a strong brand and I know that there have been plans to rationalise the cars that Alfa Romeo were planning on making and some have gone by the wayside. I think the replacement for the 4C or the 8C has been cancelled but the replacement for the Stelvio is going ahead and there is a new smaller Alfa SUV which I can't quite remember what it's called now. Is it called the Toneo or something like that? The Trofeo? No. Tonale? can't quite remember but I remember seeing a picture of it and thinking wowza that's a cracking looking car 
and of course alphas have got to look good and there have been some very very good looking alphas over the years apart from the what was it called the Arna the Alfa Romeo Nissan project which was actually a Nissan Cherry wasn't it built in the Alfa Sud factory I think the factory in the south of Italy but hey I'm getting way off topic now love Alfa Romeo perhaps because as you know I'm Lanchisti I love Lancia and you can't buy Lanchas in Britain anymore so the nearest thing you might have to a Lancia is an Alfa Romeo so I'm very happy to be in this car wouldn't it be great if you could take one of the Alfa platforms and rebadge it as a Lancia but hey yeah that's another conversation and another conversation I will have with you will be about what this car is like to drive it's great on the motorway I have to say it's effortless so far and I'm sure it will be loads of fun on some of the roads I intend to take it on in North Wales as soon as I get there. Yes, you'll enjoy this episode, I hope, because I'm enjoying driving this car. Yeah, can you tell? I'm sounding up. Do you think I sound a bit up and fizzing? Yeah, I think that's called brio. Grazie, Alfa Romeo. Grazie. Hello again. It's Friday today, I had to think about that, and I've been up in North Wales and Liverpool in the Alfa Romeo Stelvio for about three days now, and I've been enjoying living with an Italian car in Wales. Kind of appropriate, I think, because this car is called the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, and the Stelvio, of course, is a famous pass isn't it an alpine pass and i've been staying near conway in a place called suchnant on the suchnant pass so maybe suchnant is the welsh equivalent of stelvio what's he driving an alfa romeo suchnant doesn't quite work as well does it as stelvio Italian words are great but I've been having lots of fun one of the questions here we go you can ask about this car does it have Alfa Romeo in its DNA yes I didn't realise before but you know the three settings for the transmission A, N and D if you like it could be D, N and A DNA fair play to Alfa for contriving that for their three modes that made me laugh and smile I have to admit I didn't dislike it and actually I've been driving in the D mode and it really does step it down a gear and a half I forgot to mention it's got an eight speed gearbox with paddles which are great it's got a diesel engine which you know makes great use of those eight ratios and it's easy to switch between them put it in D mode and start popping up and down and you really are driving a proper rewarding car it's not like driving a big old floaty people carrier even with these big 20 inch wheels well because of those 20 inch wheels it sticks like to a blanket as my dad used to say so I have no complaints in the is it rewarding to drive mode as well as being really practical all that stuff like the electric tailgate with a close and lock button really nice the locking system seems perfectly logical on the car I've adapted mostly to the entertainment system although I still haven't worked out how to input 
postcodes. You can put in names of cities and streets. But I found that it's, it's a user thing. I'm certain you can because it says city or postcode. But if I put in a postcode, it just comes up with a city. It doesn't quite understand the location I'm putting in. But like I say, sort of thing you have to deal with when you're learning a car very quickly. But the more intuitive it is, the more comfortable you feel about it and the better review the car gets. This wasn't immediately apparent, even to someone who drives lots of different cars, like me, as you know. But hey, there are always things which trip you up. Not the trip pun intended that was pretty good the trip you know I often have trouble trying to reset the trip to work out the economy and what have you not in this car work that one out pretty straightforward cycle through some switches on one of your stalks get it up on the screen in the front and then hold for three seconds reset easy there's a new version of the Stelvio coming I believe which is going to have a full TFT screen doing away with real instruments is that an improvement? Probably give you a bit of versatility, but I rather like the sporting quality of the real old-fashioned instruments on this car at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And the terrible thing has happened. I worked out something. Never occurred to me before. Think about it, the name. Alfa Romeo. What does it imply to you? I don't mean mean, but what, what does it imply? Apart from all the motoring heritage, what do the actual words say to you? Alfa the first, the beginning, you know, A, the top, if you like, Romeo, or Romeo, if you say it with an Italian accent, Romeo, the greatest Italian lover, so Alfa Romeo is either the top Italian lover or your first Italian lover, that's quite an emotional name for a car, it's hinting at something an emotional resonance there which perhaps is one of the reasons for the car's success it's got that subliminal undercurrent of meaning Alfa Romeo you must love me you must love me and I do love this car um, in some ways it's an ultra integrale isn't it the nearest thing there is because that's the thing about these SUVs now they're really super hatches aren't they they're sort of bodywork to wheel size and general relative sizes I suppose are more akin to a hatchback than anything else a small hatchback scale it up and you get this it does feel like a big car I did find myself having to look out of the window to see how close we are to the curb exactly so I didn't scuff these massive 20 inch wheels and I didn't but I you know I, I'm used to driving biggish cars but this does feel big very often you say oh you get used to it I'm not sure it does feel like a big car and in terms terms of size it's more uh what's it called nissan q what's the, the trail the entrail <laughs> the nissan entrail that's what it's going to be called now rather than a smaller nissan like the uh what's the one they build in washington china where the cash it's bigger than a cash x trail that's what it's called i'm going to call it the entrail from now on <laughs> true but yeah, really enjoying this car. Proper driving car. I've had it in that economy mode as well. And that just stops you from chasing around at ridiculous speeds. When I'm driving through some places, I drive like that. And driving through other places, I make sure I'm in the driver mode. I have to say, coming through Conway, coming down the Suchnant Pass, I realised as I drove towards my friend's house on the Suchnant Pass that there's a temporary chicane has been installed by the cattle grid that leads into the start of Snowdonia 
National Park, the bit called the Carnevai, and I have to cross this to get to my friend's house. They put this little chicane in. Well, what is it you do when you're in a driver's car? You see a chicane, you don't slow down, you accelerate. Oh, let's see how it manages this. And I have to say, I've gone through that chicane at speeds a vehicle of this height should struggle with, with its mass, but it didn't. It jinked through with great composure. And I thought that was good, and that's quite an achievement. And I'm wondering how they do that. They have to do it with lightness. You have to do it with good body control. And you can do it with some electronics as well. So I'm wondering if all three of those things have combined to make that possible. I did read in the spec that some of the suspension components of this car are composite. Interesting. We're talking about carbon fibre and steel. We're talking about carbon fibre and aluminium. We're talking about, I don't know, magnesium and carbon fibre, magnesium and steel, magnesium and aluminium. I don't know what sort of combinations are possible if they're talking about composites. But is that a hybrid composite? What are they using? But if that's how they've got the lightness down, I don't know the actual weight of the car. I will look that up and find out what it actually is, the weight of the car. But if they've used lightness to make this car do what it does, I'm very, very pleased about that because that's proper Alfa Romeo, isn't it? I think I said earlier on in the Alfa DNA there was lightness. Okay, let's try something. Listen to this. Here we go. Call John Bryn Jones home. John Bryn Jones home. Please say yes or no. Yes. I'm calling my brother just showing you that the interaction of the uh, speech recognition is very good and worked very well it learned immediately and got things right very easy to use i like that a lot better than any push button system hey john to my do we are the for the diavity and then sign a quarter hour now stop you and desert the big of any for a guy all right all right yeah, okay. Well, my Govin and Gamraig in a Ferrachla, I think. My Govin is in a Ferrachla and Gamraig, I think. Okay, sure. No, no, sure. All right, who will? Yeah, it's a shame it doesn't have a SIM tran. Otherwise, you'd be able to understand what I said to my brother. It is not of any consequence. He wants me to pick up some medicine for him from the local Ferrachla, the local pharmacy, on the way through. So that's what I'll do. Yeah, so you can see that this car is easy to live with. It's got baggage hooks in the boot. So it's practical. You know, you can stick your shopping and plastic bags, which you have to pay for in Wales, of course. You can hang them off hooks and it doesn't spill. We brought our own bags with us, actually. And that makes it practical. Curious, you know, people living in North Wales probably need a higher riding car than those of us who are purely city dwellers. So often people live, not just in urban areas in North Wales, but people I know live as you know in the Snowdon in the National Park and parking for them might be on soft ground as it is for my friends Carol and Steve so having a car with four wheel drive which means if you do have to put two wheels in the wet stuff to get out of the way of cars going by then you can get out again I've been caught out with my Sora being quite low and just rear wheel drive in the past but this car doesn't seem to have that problem so a bit of ability from a tall car 
we don't all need tall cars but you can see why some people choose tall cars especially living in the countryside and a four-wheel drive where you know things get icy here in the cold north of wales and we've got some pretty severe slopes so four-wheel drive is helpful in those sorts of circumstances as long as you've got the right winter tires otherwise you're not making it easy for yourself in big wide grippy tires this is interesting i'm on the a55 and we've just come out of colwyn bay before we get to abergele and all the traffic has ground down to a halt so the 15 minutes i said i'd be with my brother ain't going to be 15 minutes well it is friday and it is uh, what time is it now 10 past four so yeah hey okay what else can i tell you about this car oh yeah two things just reading up about the spec of the car i think you can order this car this is the nero edition which is all dark and muted nero playing the violin while rome burnt while the empire collapsed is that a really good name for a car probably not but I think you can also order this car with red interior leather, which would be really nice. I'd like that. The black's good. The heated electric seats have been great here in November in North Wales. Really need it in frosty mornings because leather cold, you know. But yeah, that red interior would be nice. But a terrible thing happened. I drove to see my sister who lives in Urwithgreek or nearby. And as I got nearby, I noticed there was an Alfa Brera for sale in a local second-hand dealership. Nothing very posh, this place, just a row of largely Nissan Micras and old Nissan Primeras. But there was a Brera there, and it was Rosso Red. And it was £4,200, I think. I may have to have a look at it. If it's the petrol, I might buy it feeling a bit crazy and I need a car for Christmas and I've got a bit of an alpha bug having driven an alpha you realize that it's quite easy to form an emotional bond with them and you can't buy decent lunches in Britain anymore not in right-hand drive so maybe I should allow myself to drift over to Alfa Romeo what do you think I don't know I might just go and have a look at it if I'm passing my sisters and see what sort of condition it's in because of course it's a Gijaro design and I've always said Gijaro is my favourite designer and I adored the Brera when it came out I know that the car that was on the road was a bit more of a fat hatch pudding than a coupe but actually that fat hatch pudding slash coupe might just do my current needs so I'll have a think about that. Don't know what Violet will say if I suddenly turned up in a red Alfa Romeo. Uh-oh, let's find out. No, I'm going to go look at it. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, Alfa Romeo. It's emotional, isn't it? You're a showdown speed! God, I'm miserable. Well, not that miserable. <laughs> Just allowing myself to lose myself in the miserable weather that I'm now driving my Alfa Romeo Stelvio in. And now, before you make an assumption, I'm not in Wales. It's raining in England, so I'm actually on the M6 passing through Birmingham on my way back to London. Miserable for three reasons. Number one, it's raining. It's miserable. Number two, I'm going to be mate's funeral on Monday. That makes you miserable. And number three, I've got to give this car back as well. And I'm quite attached to 
her, him, it, now. Yeah, genuinely attached. I did some proper driving while I was in Wales. As you know, one of my favourite roads to drive spiritedly on is what's known as the Mould Denby Road, a little A road, a B road, I suppose, a B road, with lots of wiggly bits. And I took this little baby for a... Actually, not a little baby. I took this big baby for a bit of a fiddle down that road because... It's supposed to be a driver's car, isn't it, an Alfa Romeo? And you know what? It is. It ruddy well is. And you don't even need to be in the drive mode, which is really good, by the way. By gum, it wants to play when you're in that mode. It really, really, really does. It is a driver's car. And yet, having said that, it is also one of the most stable cars I've ever driven which is unusual for something over six foot tall. It shouldn't be as stable as it is. And when I say stable, I don't mean in roll and pitch. I mean in tracking straight. Most of the time, this car, I could take my hands off the steering wheel and it will stay in the lane. It won't drift and it's got no lane control to do that for you. No, it just go straight and true and I'm just wondering if it has got some sort of subtle driving assistance that takes care of that I know it has at you know insane velocities when you really are chucking it about the electric steering is handled by the onboard computer and will help the car go where you want it to go so I'm wondering if it's doing that while we're going in a straight line and I have to say I am in huge admiration of the way that it does that it really does just go straight no fidgeting no fiddling just goes along and yet when you ask it to do the stuff of a ballerina you know to be immediately off balance and able to fall and tumble in any direction it is more than happy to do that extremely happy to do that it wants you to do that like Khan says to Kirk it begs me it asks you, it demands of you that you do that. And it is really happy to tuck in its nose. The ride on this car is very good. I picked up some people who were carrying them around, friends I was staying with today, and they all said, oh, isn't the wrong made nice? But I think they spend most of their time in a battered old Honda Civic. So I'm pretty sure pretty much anything that they drive will be a bit softer or smoother than that old knackered Civic, believe me. The ride is good. It's not as good as the Kia Stinger I had. That, being a low car with quite a long wheelbase, was able to smooth out pitching very easily. This car, you're aware of pitching, and you're also aware of a bit of jiggle in roll, a bit of jiggle. Nothing unpleasant or distracting, but noticeably more than you would get in a low saloon, a sort of a GT saloon, if you like. Of course, you can change the laws of physics. Well, one thing that this car does handle well is float. I drove over some very quickly roads and there are some crests that you rise over and it doesn't allow you to, you know, float and then sit back down on the suspension. It keeps that all under control. I think it's a very composed car, you know, performance not lacking in any way whatsoever 
and in terms of economy I got 36 miles to the gallon on the first tank which included boring old motorway and lots of spirited Welsh stuff at the moment it's telling me it's averaging 38 miles to the gallon so it's been fairly consistent a 2.2 litre diesel mmm useful do you know what it's been a while I think since I've mention to you what songs the car I'm driving seems to like you know I've had this theory for many years that certain cars have certain resonant frequencies and like if you like certain types of music or even individual tracks that being there was a track I listened to in the car which sounded particularly good and that's how I arrive at these conclusions I think I must have told you this, I had a Saab many years ago that quite liked Strauss, it liked a waltz, not really my sort of thing, but if ever I heard a waltz in that car, it sounded great, amazing, but um, the Stelvio, the music has been largely coming from my phone, definitely some DAB music as well, but the stuff that came off my phone, that stood out, two tracks in particular one called Ya Sochla Sumar which isn't Welsh it's Russian Ya Sochla Sumar it was a single released by Tattoo those two Russian girls many 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 years ago it was released in English I think it was called All the Things She Said but the Russian version Ya Sochla Sumar I much prefer it's really Literative, great, and that sounded amazing in this car. Why would music sung by two Russian apparently lesbians sound good in a full blooded Alfa Romeo Italian car? I have no explanation for that, I cannot post rationalize that at all for you. No, but the other track that also stood out in this car was. Jump Around by House of Pain and I don't know if there's any hidden meaning in that as well does this car jump around? No amazingly stable but is ready to be driven you know to change direction if you ask it but otherwise no it doesn't jump around uncontrollably House of Pain owning an Alfa Romeo maybe once upon a time owning an Alfa Romeo was indeed a whole world of pain mainly electrical I think apart from mechanical issues but no I doubt this car is a house of pain at all but they are the two tracks this car particularly enjoyed the Ah Sochla Sumar are the things she said I think it's called by Tattoo and Jump Around by House of Pain the remix If I had one criticism of this car, it would be its size. It feels a little bulky. Maybe it's just the stance, you know, it has this very broad footprint, very wide track, and it's not an aero car as a result. So maybe that function of it being such a good thing to drive is a function of the shape it is. It's much wider than it should be for its height and it makes it feel bulkier I haven't found it difficult to park not at all it's almost impossible to find a car difficult to park these days unless it's got massive overhangs and 
no rear view camera and no proximity warning beepers but this car has all of that great rear camera great proximity great lock on the electric steering and not difficult to park but perhaps not as easy to park as you might hope it does feel big so maybe the next size down would be a better car or a more comfortable car to live with i'm thinking the tonali you know there's a new alfa romeo suv coming that they did a concept for i think it's called the tonali which is you know half a size smaller and i bet that'll be magnificent that won't feel big i mean i'm not saying that this feels unweirdly in any way but it does feel like a big car also while i'm just on the subject the tonali when it arrives with this new merger between fca and PSA have already absorbed Vauxhall Opel, does that mean that the Tonali will share a platform with the Vauxhall Grandland? The Vauxhall Grandad, it should be called. Doesn't sound very exciting. Tonali! Tonali! Very exciting. Grandland! Not exciting. I, I hope they favour the Alfa Brio as opposed to the Vauxhall Dreariness. Do you remember me saying that I was tempted by an Alfa Romeo? Well, I went to have a quick look at it. It's in a place called Suchtin in North Wales. And I went to look at it, and it's not bad. It's the petrol car, 3.2-litre petrol JTS, is that what they call it? I can't quite remember. It's got 88,000 miles on the clock. And if I was going to buy an Alfa Romeo, would I buy one with nearly 90,000 miles on the clock? It's had the timing chain done. The chap in the dealership, I say dealership, second-hand car sales place, assured me it had been done. I'd like to see evidence of that. But it was very tidy. There wasn't a mark on the body. It was red. It had the right wheels and the Alfa Romeo badge had had all the details rubbed off it on the tailgate. So it had been washed by a car wash machine many, many times. So maybe it was taken care of. What was it, uh, 2005, I think, the car? I didn't buy it there and then. It's for sale for four grand, it says on the window. On the website, it says three and a half grand. I'd made an offer without driving it for £3,200. I might have just had it because I need a car for my needs for Christmas. I don't own a car at the moment, so I haven't got access to one. So I'll think about it. I'm coming up back to North Wales for a friend's funeral on Tuesday. Maybe if I'm really glum, I might buy myself that Alfa Romeo to cheer me up. (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to discuss it with Violet first. Let's see what she says. But yeah, intriguing. It's not this Alfa Romeo, is it? I mean, there is a gulf between that beautiful car and the car that I'm driving now. And yet, there is a connection. Hear me out on this. The Brera, of course, was designed by Gigiaro, Giorgio Gigiaro, or Giorgetto Gigiaro when he was a young man. And... If you look into some of Shigeru's designs, you may find a car he designed, gosh, when was it? Late 80s, possibly, called the Ital Landau, if memory serves, the Landau, which may have been built on a Lexus platform. I can't quite recall, but it was a very innovative and influential car. 
it was a big hatchback. Shigeru had reasoned that the small hatchback was very popular, worked really well, and we had long hatchbacks, basically saloons, which had a hatchback back, you know, a kind of a liftback thing. But we didn't have a big hatchback, a car that followed the proportions of, say, a Golf, but was one and a half twice the size. And that sort of car never really caught on until we discovered SUVs. You may remember a little bit earlier on I described this car as a mega hatchback in that it was just a giant hatchback. The wheel size in relation to the body size, in relation to the width of the car, to the length of the car, it's essentially a giant scale hatchback. So, Shigeru, as well as designing one of the loveliest of recent-looking Alphas, because I do think the Brera is a great-looking car, even if it is just a front-wheel-drive mega-hatch-slash-coupe. But he also designed the car that most of us drive these days, the SUV. Even Alfa Romeo, a sports car, is an SUV. So what do you get for that? You get an art car. Because of this car's high ride, you have the ability to ford small streams should you need or park on soft verges here in North Wales without being afraid of not being able to get out and you can get out because of the Q4 transmission the four-wheel drive which allows you to pull out if you lose slip from any wheel and makes it a better driver's car so here I am bumping over the Birmingham bumps can you hear them probably in a car which I have to say has amazing abilities it's generous inside there's a big boot it's reasonably economical and it drives like an Alfa Romeo so how about that a car with what some might argue ultimate ability the ability to be driven like a sports car the ability to function like a family car and the ability to fall over things like a 4x4 that sir is a lot of car for your £41,000 I haven't got a bad thing to say about this Stelvio really like it the worst thing is the black plastic trim on the dash that's not good Everything else about this car is really good. Exceptional, I would say. It influenced me to consider buying an Alfa Romeo, an Alfa Romeo from a different age to this car, an Alfa Romeo that I'm sure isn't as reliable, isn't as well-built, isn't the performance and handling car that this is. It made me consider buying a Brera. When I get back to London, I'm going to spend time looking at second-hand Breras and wondering whether I should buy one now, and I will test one. And I bet it's not as good as this Stelvio. It's a great car. And it's got character. Yeah. I've fallen in love with Romeo as Juliet did. That's it. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on speed. I'm Gareth. Arrivederci. Ciao, Bella. 
send us an email. See pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Tiny postscript to this programme. I finally did work out how to arrange the screen in a better way so it displayed navigation larger than the menu and eventually worked out how to input postcodes. You have to put a space in between the first three digits and the last three digits. There you go. Got there in the end. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!